Travis Scott's ex-manager came out and dropped a bit of a bombshell that I think people in the industry and behind the scenes knew, but didn't know how to articulate it and it hadn't been verified. And now it is. And we're going to be getting into that and explaining why this is significant, why this is important, because I think sometimes we see things and we don't know how to make sense of them. And therefore we make wild claims and accusations and this whole bit, but it's actually a lot of times way more simple and way more practical. But before we get into that, guys, my name is Ruslan. If you guys want a free how to study the Bible course, completely free course, it's in the description below, taking you to better time in your devotional with God, being more consistent, getting more context and more application for life change. So that's in the description below or at mastermydevo.com. Now, we got to talk about this Travis Scott thing. You guys know what happened at the event a couple of uh, days ago as of the time of this recording. And a, a lot of folks don't know some of Travis Scott's history, and they don't know that he had a manager that he kind of bailed on and left having a seizure. This is about, I think, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, something like that. So this is his ex-manager. He has a TikTok page, and he released something else today that I think, in my opinion, is just as is, is damning in terms of his character, or, or rather the perception of his come up and the stuff that is happening in terms of why people are having platforms and having these massive audiences. Okay, in my video, my initial video, I said I've never really been into Travis Scott's music. I've gotten into a lot of arguments over this. People think it's like the greatest thing ever, uh, why I don't think Christians should be listening to it. And I said, hey, uh, I don't think it's that good. And I didn't have th this specific reason to back it up, but I think this provides more weight to some of my argument that I made in terms of what we're consuming and why. Here's the key, why we're consuming it. Now, before I play the rest of this video, I have to get let you guys know there might be some profanity in it, so just... Had your kids, had your wife. Explicit, explicit, explicit. His name is Shane Morris, okay? So this is directly from his TikTok, and let's check it out. I think it's time to spill a little tea, as the kids on the internet say, and I don't mind doing this because Travis Scott is genuinely a horrible person. So in 2009, when I met Travis Scott, I was running a site called EarMilk.com with my friends Trey and Blake. Uh, and I was a junior level software engineer and I had just finished working for MySpace Music. So I worked in the technology side of music. For Travis, what we did was fake his popularity. For Travis, what we did is fake his popularity. Now, for context, Ear, Ear Milk is still a pretty big blog today. Uh, it, it's still relevant, and he not only does he says Travis is a terrible human because of some of the personal interactions they've had, but he basically tells you they faked his popularity, and, and then he's going to tell you why that's significant. I programmed a fleet of SoundCloud bots to artificially inflate his play counts on SoundCloud. This told record label executives that he was much more popular than he actually was. We also did the same thing early on with Twitter. Hmm. You may have noticed, and somebody made a joke about it, that his early followers could make an omelet because they were all eggs. Uh, we used software to enhance his visibility uh, via um, the wrong means. Wow. I mean, that's a pretty... That's a pretty big bombshell when you have his ex-manager telling you 
openly, hey, we bought SoundCloud streams and Twitter followers. Why? To create the illusion that he was more popular than he really was. Why? So that the major labels would think he's more popping. Why? So that he can get the industry positioning and ultimately proof of concept, social proof to fans, so on and so forth. I said, hey, I think Travis Scott has made pretty mediocre music. Now, some people are like, no, that's blasphemy. How dare you, right? And even Kanye in his recent interview said, I think Travis Scott's a copycat. As consumers, we often believe, especially younger, impressionable consumers, a lot of you guys believe that music is a meritocracy. You believe that something is popular based on its merit. Is it good or not? The best stuff becomes the most popular. And in the music industry, I've repeatedly showed and said to you guys, this is nonsense. It's nonsense. And if you think that the most popular stuff is the best stuff, and you look at numbers and you look at the hype around something as proof that it is good, well, then you are going to fall into a lot of music that's not just good for you, but it's just objectively not that dope. And I've always said this about Travis Scott for years, personally, behind the scenes, people play me his music, and I'd be like, fam. This isn't that dope. Like, I don't think this is that dope. It sounds like a lot of 808s and heartbreak just with a darker tone and him doing his best Kanye auto-tune impression. I'm not impressed. And people are like, no, you don't get it. The vibes, the vibes. And I always tell young people, whenever you have something placed in front of you, especially a couple, from a couple years ago, and it seems organic. It feels like the come up is organic, okay? Whenever it feels that way, usually, and it sounds, it's like all, you, all your friends discovered the same new artist, and you, you're bought into this like, well, this must be hot because they say it's hot. Okay, usually, usually, it's an industry plan. Usually, it's someone that's put in front of you by a corporation somewhere to make it seem organic. And this has been historic. I mean, they, a lot of rappers lie about being signed to major labels before to, to maintain this organic come up. And it's really to pull the wool over the consumer's eyes to make you believe this is bigger than it is, this is better than it is, and therefore you should get behind it and consume it. And if you just objectively stopped and said, do, do I like this? Like, do you gen like go back and, and, and listen to whoever you think is popping and genuinely ask yourself, is this good? Like, is this, do I really like this? Right? Because a lot of this stuff is built on the perception. I'll give you a modern example. Some of you guys are going to hate me for this, but that's okay. I've been teasing about this for a while on the channel. And I talk about this not being a meritocracy and that a lot of rap is actually nepotism. And if you guys don't know what nepotism is, in the corporate world, in the Ivy League world, it's about your own family members getting put on. Well, rap and hip hop has this authenticity thing. It has this, we're gonna come up and get it out the mud and be independent and look independent feel to it. And an artist that is exploding right now Exploding right now. And all of a sudden, all my young friends, all my friends under 22, 23, my John Keiths, the T-Rosses, they start telling me about this new artist. Oh, there's this new artist. He's so dope. He's amazing. And I was like, oh, yeah, let me check out some of his music. And I checked it out. I'm like, meh, not that good. I don't, I'm not impressed. Yeah, his name is Baby Keem. His name is Baby Keem. And I said, okay, little, a little bit, little bit of time goes by. You know what you discover? 
Baby Keen was out here capping, lying, telling people, I or I sent in a, a MP3 to, you know, um, Top Dog and all the producers, they were working on the Black Panther soundtrack, and I just organically landed like five placements on the Black Panther soundtrack, and and, and, he, and he, he was deceptive about it, right? Why? Because they want you, the consumer, to think that it was organic, it was real, it was a come up. And what, what did we find out with Baby Keem recently? Oh, he's actually Kendrick Lamar's cousin. That's not meritocracy, fam. That's nepotism. And the same thing is true for Travis Scott. They pull the wool over your eyes. They make these artists look bigger than they are. They pour money into them. They finesse these algorithms. Sometimes the algorithms really do work the best stuff up. But a lot of times people just know how to finesse, how to get the cosigns, how to get the relationships. Or they do something so outlandish and over the top that you just have to stop and look. Not because it's good, but because it's a train wreck. Now, I'm not saying Baby Keem is a bad artist. I think what, what Baby Keem is, is he's an interesting artist, right? I heard a bit... Say, somebody say that Dave Chappelle has come to the place in his career where he knows he doesn't have to be as funny as he does need to be interesting. And I think Baby Keem is that. He's not technically the best rapper, but he is an interesting artist. The voice inflections, with the real high pitch auto tune, all that kind of stuff. And so you, you build this thing up and then you see him on Kanye's album and then you see him over here and you see him over there and you're like, wow, he must be the latest and greatest thing. Missing the point, nah, okay. he's managed by Dave Free who left Top Dog Entertainment to manage him. Then Kendrick is leaving Top Dog Entertainment to be on the same label and help develop Baby Keem. It's all cap. The the reason why I'm talking about this is, the, and by the way, deception, lying, all of that stuff is bad, and it is it is it is it is evil to lie. It is evil to be dishonest. It is it is it is not okay. But sometimes we miss the come up of someone and the things, the unethical things done in the natural that we always jump to the supernatural. So a lot of you guys think that like Travis Scott blew up overnight because he did an Illuminati ritual and then he became this megastar, not knowing that his management and these people have been doing this stuff for decades to you guys, and you think it's some Illuminati ritual that got him there when it was really manipulating your natural senses, manipulating you thinking something is hot because so-and-so co-signed it and so-and-so has this many followers and such and such is real. And it's good. It's good to know the origin story of these artists. Because if you know the origin stories, then you can you could quickly tell who's organic and who's not. So I'll give you an example. You may not like this artist, but Russ. Russ is an artist that literally got it out the mud. The moment he signed, everybody knew about it. He put it on Instagram right away. He was already doing shows. He was already making a gang of money off of his tune core. My buddy Nick D, he got it out the mud. He used TikTok and he built his thing up. It is something that was real. It's, or, it's an organic come up, right? And ultimately, if, if everything, if everything under the sun is supernatural and demonic, what's going to happen is nothing will be distinguished as truly supernatural. When something supernatural truly is ha happening, or even when God might be promoting someone supernaturally because you think everything is demonic and and, and, and I'm going to give you guys another thing that you need to be considerate of. And again, a lot of you guys, you just don't know what you don't know. So, so you think that like you're exposing the devil by saying so-and-so is demonic. And uh, news alert, 
You're actually doing the opposite. Here's a clip from Andrew Scholz's podcast today, and listen to the point that they make about calling everything uh, demonic. It might it might blow your mind. Uh, satanic panic marketing always helps the artists. Satanic panic marketing always helps the artist. I thought I was supposed to expose all these. Okay, well, listen, listen to what he says next. Specifically, what's that mean? Like saying, oh, they're demonic, they're Satan. Yeah, it's a ritual, yeah, yeah. which is like the big, like prevailing conspiracy on like Facebook and shit and WhatsApp. Yeah. And that kind of thing always helps because like it's offensive to like, I think, Christian Puritanism, yeah. but isn't so egregious that like his audience will really care. Yeah. So it's like kind of just a perfect device. So all these people calling him Satan, I think, actually helps because it makes it so absurd where they're like, all right, he's not literally Satan. And so it kind of creates like the it makes a distance and a buffer between like where he's actually culpable because you make yeah. him so much worse than what he actually did. You know mm. what I mean? Making him so much worse actually is best for his brand. Isn't that interesting? Rock and roll has been doing this for years. They've been trolling y'all for years. Now, I'm not saying some of these people aren't dabbling in some demonic stuff because I don't know. But what I am saying is, is that, again, if everything is demonic and spiritual, you ignore the natural lessons of stop buying into goofy music because you think it's hot. It's not hot. It, they just lied you. They lied to you. They tricked you. They tricked you. Kanye said Travis Scott is dope. This person said Travis Scott is dope. This person said Travis And enough of it, and you just start thinking this is good and not really listening and saying, do I actually like this music? I don't know. I'm, uh, Goosebumps is an okay song. I can't name you another song off of besides Goosebumps and Sicko Mode that are like halfway decent. And I don't even think those songs are that good. Personally, melodically, I don't think they're that interesting. So, but but when you when you call everything demonic, you miss the lesson in the natural. I'm gonna play a little bit more of this. Uh, so if I'm his PR team, I'm like, yo, push the Satan shit. Hmm. Because then it's like he might have incited a, a riot, but he's not Satan. And so now you're not saying, look how bad he is. It's like, well, he's not that. You're like, you're pulling back yeah, from how you switch the combo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now we're not talking about dead people. We're talking about whether or not he's saying push the same thing, push the needle thing, push everything <laughs> except he incited a ride. They've been doing this stuff for years. The rock and roll has been doing this stuff for years. I, I think, in my opinion, the more you play into this stuff, the more you're enabling the artist to seem bigger with their mystique and and. The more you're ignoring that you're being duped over and over and over again, and you're actually promoting him to his fans that really don't give a crap about your faith or any of that stuff anyway, because they're just consumed with, oh, he's bigger than life. He's a god. He's this. They're already so far gone. They're already so far gone that, that yeah, they, they, they're down. Let's go. I'm down to dabble in that stuff. I'm down to be in that stuff. And I'm saying, yo, there's some wicked stuff that happens. There's some wicked stuff that happens. But a lot of times, what you're missing is all of the things happening in the natural. You're missing the poor organization. You're missing his history inciting rights. You're missing that they lied to you and made him seem uh, bigger of an artist that he is. You're missing the posturing and the, and the, and the positioning of him dating a, dating a Kardashian. You're missing all of the things that are, that are done to you in the natural, and you just go straight for the spiritual because your brain can't make sense of it all. How can this guy have this big of a platform and do this wicked thing and let this? And it's like, yo, I think we forget how wicked the human heart is. 
I think we forget how wicked the human heart is. And if you could just dismiss everything as a demon, it, it, it relinquishes you of the accountability to make better decisions with your music because ultimately, well, I guess you're a victim then because you somehow like wicked music because the, the, there's a spell over you. And it's like, no, you just you choose dumb stuff to consume and you should stop and you should consider and use your own ears and develop an ear to say, well, do, I, do I like this? Do I not like this? Because I think Christian hip hop has been substantially better than secular hip hop for quite a while. Mm. But, you know, it doesn't have the clout, doesn't have the hype, it doesn't have the excitement and the mystique and the and the and all the, the lies around it. Just be intentional about that. Um, dabbling with that sort of marketing could definitely start off as a gimmick and then can suck you into some really dark stuff. And I'm saying potentially that is exactly what happened with Travis Scott. You dabbled with we're gonna rage and we're gonna mosh and we're gonna do all this wild stuff, and then well, guess what happens? a mass casualty event happens at, at, at your own festival. Not at Lollapalooza, where they shut you down five minutes into your set, but at your own festival. And he wasn't even raging that, like he didn't do the same thing that he did at, at the other festivals that he did at the other festivals. So yeah, I think this is life starts imitating art. Life starts imitating art. You, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you're dabbling with these things, you're putting off this energy for so long and then it, and then it all of a sudden grips you. And I think that is something that happened. This whole notion that like a symbol can 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 zap you into whatever the all-seeing eye can zap you into whatever like I think that notion is unhelpful I think that notion is unhelpful and I could do a bible study on, on why I think that is if you guys want to do that uh, but I think a lot of this is yes I think this is life imitating art and it gets out of control it gets out of hand it gets dangerous and I think we miss that uh because uh we're just so we just want to deduce everything to the lowest common denominator which is like demons and devils and it's like well there's this stupid stuff that people choose to consume. So let's not consume stupid stuff and make better, wiser decisions instead of acting like it's the devil's fault. No, there's a lot of people's fault. There's a lot of responsibility going on. And I said in the last video, a lot of the blood is on our hands as well. If you're a Christian listening to this stuff, consuming this stuff, you're not a victim. No one pulled the wool over your eye. Like you chose to in, indulge in it. And now I'm giving you ways to not indulge in it and to just listen critically and not let the group thing take over. Travis, God, he's so hot. He has the Jordan 1s with the upside down Nike logo and dates a Kardashian. Wow, he's so cool. Like, no, he's, he's not that cool to me. He's never been that cool to me, right? And again, I've gotten into a lot of arguments over Travis Scott because I just don't think he's that dope. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Guys, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. Make sure you hit that like button and subscribe. But I want to let you know about a three-day challenge we have coming up for anyone that's looking to get into the YouTube space. If you are an expert in a specific field, if you are an entrepreneur, a business owner, and you're considering getting into the YouTube space because you see the value of reaching a broader audience, we have a three-day challenge coming up very soon. Make sure you hit the link in the description to sign up so you don't miss it. Peace.